Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew today. As we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so Dennis, you have uh, recruited our first guest for the show today, and you stumbled across these uh, folks. How exactly? What happened? Well, we just uh, just finished up the Consumer Electronics Show, which is the big gathering in Vegas where all the new gadgets get released and everybody's uh, showing off what the, what cool new toys we're going to have for Christmas. Right. And I happened to come across this, and it, it grabbed my attention because, of course, you know, this show's second title is actually just Drone Radio. Yes. And uh, as I've been told, this is not a drone. It's an aerial camera. But I thought, for Greg, this is perfect for you. I love you it. You take this on the scuba boat and just... Throw it out in the air off the stern of the boat as you dive in and take your own selfie as you're jumping in the water. Well, I, I think it'd be great in the cockpit, too. Can we just put this up on the dash and have it take pictures of me as I fly maybe, around? Maybe so. Eileen is our guest here on Just Plane Radio, and uh, the company is what, Eileen? Air Selfie Camera. Air Selfie Camera. Okay. And uh, you don't like the term drone. You prefer aerial what? What was it again? Aerial Camera. And actually, let me correct myself. I'm sorry. Um, the company name is Air Selfie. Sorry about that. Air selfie, okay. Yes. And, and uh, it, it's an aerial camera uh, yes. because that, that describes it better. It's not really a drone per se, or you don't want to get it confused with just your typical drone because this is more of a, I don't know, a selfie device that's uh, it is, wireless. <laughs> it, it's 100% designed to take selfies. It, yeah. You know, you, you literally, you can, what's really cool about our, our AirPix, which is the product that we were demonstrating out at the Consumer Electronics Show, is that you can fly it in what we'll call two modes. We have actually introduced autonomous flying, which is what we demonstrated in the booth, which allows a consumer to turn on this little two-ounce AirPix aerial camera. Mm -hmm. And when you turn it on, if you triple-click the power button, it's designed, it's smart enough to be tossed off your uh, from your hand. It'll fly out approximately eight feet. It stops. It hovers. With facial recognition, it recognizes your face. It then takes a picture, again hovers, recognizes your face, so it knows the distance to fly back. Because of optic, because of facial recognition, wow. you can move a little when it's actually getting ready to take the picture, and then it flies right back, lands in your hand, put it in your pocket, boom, selfie done. It, it sounds like a pet drone or a pet <laughs> selfie uh, flying camera. I mean, I, I, I love this uh, technology, and it flies, so it, it falls under the. Uh, Umbrella of Just Plane Radio. We like these kind of, you know, toys, things. Uh, pilots find them amusing at the bare minimum. And you could, there's so many uses for something like this, not just, you know, taking selfies, but I guess, you know, if you're, you know, walking around your plane or something and you wanted to get a picture of you and your plane, this would be the ultimate way to do it. If you didn't have a co-pilot, take the picture for you, right? Definitely, definitely. That's exactly it. And then if you really like to fly, the second mode in autonomous flying is hand gestures. So you can, instead of triple-clicking the power button, double-click the power button. And now when it flies out, you actually get to fly it by, uh, if you put your right hand next to your head and you slightly elevate it, the 
the air pick starts to fly left. And because of facial recognition, as you approach it, it'll back away from you. So at the show, we were having fun walking around the booth, the entire perimeter of the booth, and we were flying it without having a smartphone in our hand, without, without having to worry about you know uh, using any sort of toggle. It was keeping an equal distance as we walked around, and then we could use our hands to have it turn left, turn right. And then when you drop both hands down uh, by the side of your face, it automatically flies right back to you. How about that? Now, what if you give it like a, you know, one finger salute kind of thing? Does it do anything or is that not a, that's not a controlling <laughs> factor? Just, or or do you have to wink to get it to take the picture? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's actually to take the picture, you bring up a good point. You can raise your right hand and make a fist and that activates the camera to take a still. If you raise your left hand and make a fist, that activates the video. So you will actually go into video record. Wow. And then if you do the same motion again, it, it shuts off the video. So uh, we do have the ability in autonomous flight to to choose when and where to take the picture and or video. I love this. So uh, are, are these things already out now or were you guys uh, showcasing them at CES last week? What's going so here's on? what... So here's what we did. So actually a year ago at CES 2019, mm -hmm. we introduced our portfolio of aerial cameras. Right. Uh, we thought we would have them in market by late Q2, ran into some manufacturing challenges like a lot of startups do. And then we did an Indiegogo campaign, which we did really well. We have over 18,000 backers globally raised just shy of $2 million. Nice. And we thought, and you know, it's Indiegogo, you know, as we try to remind our, our backers, you know, it's not Best Buy, it's not Amazon, you're, you're, you're backing a product and we did not want to deliver garbage. So mm -hmm. we, we thought we were going to get it shipped in the July, August timeframe. That did not happen because of, unfortunately, um, when I got my shipment, we were seeing that every device was flying to the left, right? I'm not going to mm. ship that if, if it's not flying right. Right. Then we did another manufacturing run with a different group, and the props kept popping off. So once again, not going to ship that. Mm. So finally, 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 we got it right. So to answer your question, we started shipping product in mid-December to our Indiegogo backers. Uh, we need to get caught up on getting the devices out to them. So we are taking pre-orders on our own website, airselfiecamera.com. Uh, and we are hoping to have the backers all squared away by the end of January so we can start shipping to um, our consumers and our retail partners come February and March. Got it. Now, when you were at CES, did you have uh, some aviation companies or pilots come up to you and, and give you some maybe alternative uses for this thing, like like I was alluding to before, like taking a picture of you and your plane and that type of stuff? I, I would imagine you guys have been bombarded for uses of this thing that you may not have thought about initially when you came up with this idea well you know what's interesting is you know selfie's a selfie right at the right? end of the day it's 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 you or a group of friends and what's nice about this device is you don't have to tap somebody walking by and have them take a picture of you or you know try to finagle your camera to be be uh balanced against something to try to get the photo mm -hmm. um we got a lot of inquiries about about uh where people would like to take photos and we do have a a portfolio of products so it's not just the earpix we also talked about the AirPix Plus, which is a little bit bigger than the AirPix, and it's a little more aerodynamically designed so that it flies a little steadier. Um, and then we've got, and what's cool about the AirPix Plus is, whereas the AirPix has a, um, a forward-facing camera that's fixed, the AirPix Plus, you'll be able to tilt 
the lens so that you can get what we call a zenith shot. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's the camera looking down on you. Right. Uh, and then we have a duo, um, the Airpix Duo, which think of it as duo as double D O U, and it's got two cameras that from the app you'll be able to choose whether you want the zenith photo, which is the camera on the bottom of the device looking down, or you can fly it and change the camera angle and be using the front facing one. And then we have more product coming out the back half of the year that will, uh, and I won't get into it too much, but I will say we know that water can be a challenge for any electronic device. Yeah. So we do have a product coming out the back half of the year to talk about, you know, throwing, tossing something off the side of a boat. Uh, the product coming out the back half of the year will be water resistant. Everything is encased so the electronics can't get wet. Mm-hmm. I love this. I mean, you know, I can see the natural progression of this. You know, you get, you, you obviously you'll have some growing issues that you got to figure out how to do things like waterproofing and things like that. But eventually, I mean, this would be like the ultimate babysitter. You got kids, you don't have to hire a babysitter, just uh, launch the drone, head out to a movie. And, you know, you know that somebody's not sneaking in or out of the windows at night. Right. You, that might be a bit of a stretch. You give them a little cattle prod, uh, attach that to the bottom of the drone. If they get out of line, <laughs> You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, you know, I, we, we laugh, but hey, it's the future. I saw Terminator. Come on. You did too, right, Eileen? Come on. Years ago, yes. Yes, again. Right, right. So what are the websites people can go to for more information about this? They can go to airselfiecamera.com. And it was a huge hit at CES. So you guys were like the queen of the ball, so to speak, I'm assuming. We were packed. Matter of fact, the last day, and I've been doing trade shows for in this industry for over 30 years. So uh, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Two things that stood out to me at CES 2020 for Air Selfie is not once, uh, and my little dog that's sitting next to me, on, on the life of my little dog, not once did someone come up and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw something similar to that, you know, down there, blah, 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 blah. Nope, nope. Not one person said, I've seen something like that. And what was really fun is the people that were around us, because we were in the back of the Sands Hall, mm-hmm. they came up on Friday morning and said, you know, I just want to thank you guys. Your booth was so crowded. We wouldn't have got a lot of foot traffic, but there was so much overflow at your booth. People would come by and at least give our, our, our product a look because uh, they couldn't see, they couldn't get a chance to fly it when they first got over to your booth. Right. And then they were like, and by the way, I want one. And that's what you really oh, want to yeah. hear, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Eileen, thank you for being on Just Plain Radio. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, and by the way, if you're planning to purchase one of these things, they started at like 99 bucks, and uh, for the basic model that's out now and the ones coming out this year, a little bit more, but a few more features, that kind of stuff. Check it out. Good stuff. Coming up, distractions and how to avoid them as a pilot. We don't want those. Squirrel. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I didn't play golf today. I took a flying lesson. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Uneventful. So what do you want to do? Fly alone in your little plane? No. The whole point is to find something we can do together. What are you waiting for? Spread your wings and fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with uh, Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, so it is National Destruction Month, according to the FAA. So it's appropriate that we uh, cover that base a little bit here. Squirrel! Oh, wait, what were we talking about? I don't know. Dennis, help me out here. I don't what know. I was it? distracted. Okay, then we, I, 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 is that all we have to do? Probably we illustrated the problem, I think, is what we were trying to do there uh, poorly. But uh, that's just how we roll here at Just Plain Radio. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that you got to keep those down to a minimum. You can't be playing around with your selfie drone or selfie pics uh, when you're, you know, doing your walk around. You got to be you got to be able to focus on the job at hand. Is that kind of what the FAA is reminding pilots to do this month or what? It's the FAA and also the NTSB. I mean, they're looking at statistics and from 2016, they said, you know, 2 million accidents and over 500 fatalities were caused by distracted driving alone. You know, it's not as clear for aviators how many distractions actually caused incidents, but there's so many ways for a pilot to be distracted. You know, you get into familiar routines, you know, you take off, you land and you you, you do this all the time and you don't think about it. Eventually you put yourself on autopilot and it's really easy to fall into a trap you know it happened to eastern airlines many years ago where they were troubleshooting a uh, landing gear light on an l-1011 forgot to fly the airplane and crashed it into the uh, into the swamp mm-hmm. uh so you know it can happen to professional crews and so as ga pilots we have an even bigger problem because we're not just the pilots in command but we're also the flight attendants we're the tour guide and in some cases the zookeeper 
You know, you think about that, all the things that we're responsible for keeping track of in the cockpit, in addition to actually flying. So it becomes a really big issue. So, you know, it's in our best interest to manage those distractions by doing things like using checklists, managing the passenger's expectations. I make a point of every time I fly with people that haven't uh, been in the plane before to, hey, there's times I may have to ask you to just hold off on your question or just, you know, hang tight because there's things that I have to do to keep us safe. And put those passengers to use, have them, you know, looking out for traffic, maybe give them the checklist, especially if they're somewhat familiar with flying and have them help you um, or even have them be the ones keeping the, the kids in check in the back seat or keeping the dog, you know, from jumping onto your lap, things like that. So, you know, just just do that. And that takes care of it in the cockpit. And we also have issues with the FAA, you know, you get a clearance and all of a sudden they change it on you. Like happened to us when we were heading off to Bimini, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're busy flying the plane, trying to get headed out of Orlando. And all of a sudden you're trying to find some fix and program it into your avionics. All of those things create distractions that cause opportunities for us to forget about the prime uh, prerogative here. And that is to fly the plane. Well, exactly. You, you got to be careful about multitasking. You know, uh, because that lends itself to task overload, and then you miss something, and that's when uh, it's an issue. What do you think it's a problem for pilots more so? Uh, I would think during taxiing, you know, because I, I've seen it many times. You know, you get your ATIS weather report, and you're getting all your your uh, information ready from the tower to get permission to taxi and everything, and then yeah you taxi but but you really got to pay attention to what you're doing and i i've seen it where sometimes the the pilots will take off a little bit early they've taken care of most of the information but then they'll start fiddling with stuff while they're taxiing to their run-up area or whatever which is a big no-no wouldn't you agree with me on this or what i would agree with you 100 percent on that because this is where you know it's so easy oh yeah we're just going to follow the yellow line i'm going to quick you know punch in direct two and do all this on my avidine I'm steering with my feet i can multitask yep. i got two hands free to t- dial in radios and all that kind of stuff yeah. as you blow right through a whole short line and you know possibly cause a runway incursion mm-hmm. exactly. or you, you deviate off your center line and wind up hitting a runway light or a taxiway light or something and cause damage to the airplane. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's no <laughs> different than uh, texting and driving. I mean, it, it, actually, in some cases, more dangerous. Well, I would agree with that for sure. But I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It's very tempting to think that you could do both these things at once, but you shouldn't fall into that trap or that temptation to figure that, you know, hey, yeah, especially when you're taxiing and, and you're controlling the, the speed and, and the direction of your aircraft with your feet. I mean, you got two hands that are, are empty right now, and you don't even have to touch the yoke or anything. Well, I you mean, should it's be. Tempting. <laughs> well, well you're, you're keeping an eye on it, but you, you're if it, you're just watching your wind. Uh, otherwise, you don't necessarily have to touch the yoke or anything. You're not steering with the yoke, right? I'm thinking nope, correctly. But you should be compensating for any cross or tailwinds. Right. So you don't want to just let the controls flopping around as you're well, true. got a 20-knot 20, 20 crosswind as you're taxing down. Then that might be a recipe for... Yeah. Another disaster. Or staring with your wheel or, or with, with your knees and trying to eat a burger before you take off or something. No, you don't want to be doing that. Do that no. in the car. That's what that's for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get that cockpit organized. You know, have a good understanding of your avionics. If you don't, you know, the time to be learning the avionics is not while you're taxiing out or in flight. Take the time, get the videos, hire an instructor who's familiar with it, 
so that it becomes second nature that you're not having to, oh, what menu is this? Where do I go find this and have all that head down time? Mm -hmm. Again, it's another form of distraction. So being familiar with the equipment and how it works and how to use it effectively um, will minimize a lot of those distractions. Well, when you're dialing in the uh, radio uh, frequencies, like, uh, well, you got a bank of like four radios or whatever, right? An AB and on two radios, and you're you're putting in your locations and the frequencies for the next couple towers. You know, trying to work ahead, get all that stuff done before you even start uh, taxiing out to the run up area. Wouldn't you agree with me? You get all that stuff, especially done. this time of year. Uh, you know, up north we have an issue of uh, oil's cold, so. You know, it's in our best interest to let the airplane sit and idle for a while to warm up. So take advantage of that time when you're under no pressure. The runway's still going to be there. If it takes you five extra minutes, so what? Um, program that all now because it could take you a whole lot more time if you wind up clipping a landing light and damaging the plane. Right. So, okay, so I called that one properly. Now, when you're in the air, though, uh, there's only so much you can do if they throw you a curve. Like, say, they change your, you know, uh, uh, your flight path and give you some different uh, frequencies or or numbers that you they want you to fly in and, and you got to turn you know look down at the panel and figure that stuff out. I mean, of course you got to be familiar with your equipment, but just that moment of of looking down, you got to just keep in mind uh that hey, look, you still got to fly the plane. Uh so is that when you want to lean on your co-pilot if he has any skills or she has any skills to help you out or what? Yes, you would. Um, or even relying on your avionics at that point, put the airplane on autopilot. If, if say a center suddenly gives you a reroute and you're having to change an arrival or find a fix, put the airplane on autopilot, put it on a heading hold, keep doing what you're doing or whatever the vector was while you go and get the avionics set up. At least that way you've got, you know, part of their request out of the way. Or, you know, if it's really complicated, say again, or unable, or can I get a vector, you know, ask them to help you out, you know, you're they're they're changing your plans from what you had requested um see if they'll work with you it'll yes. help take some of that load off. uh tower i have the attention span of a gnat could you please repeat that and uh, maybe give me a simpler instruction or way to go i mean do you know who you're talking to here they might actually uh, find that humorous and actually lend a hand to help you out you think i think they would okay see they'll even work with squirrels Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Uh, here we are, beginning of 2020, and there's some anniversaries we have to recognize already. Um, so, and one of them is a piece of software. Is <laughs> Is that what it's we actually it? a piece of hardware that's almost every pilot has used in their career, and but, it's now 80 years old this year. 80 years. Well, now there's an app for it, though, right? So you don't have the hardware. Well, there's, there's an app for it. It's built into your EFB and everything mm-hmm. else. But the original whiz wheel was invented back in, uh, uh, I believe it was 1930 
by a Cornell professor who then went on to become a uh, pilot at the Naval Aviation School in Pensacola. All right. Now, and the whiz wheel is not like some accessory you strap on to a little John and then it sprays nope. stuff all over in a this is the, cloud the, 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 mist, yellow mist. No. Yeah, hey, what no. is what are we talking about? This exactly? was the, the circular slide rule flight planning computer, the E6B as it's also known, uh-huh. the thing you use to calculate your winds and figure out your speed. Mm-hmm. And it was designed to be used one-handed. That's why it's a circle and not a, a a slide rule like a ruler like all of the uh physicists and whatnot would use back in the day. Yeah. Um they needed to be able to hold the stick in one hand and turn the wheel with their other hand to calculate things like their ground speed. The, the pilot was finding that it was very difficult to calculate how to get back to a ship with the float planes back in the, you know, post-World War One and before World War Two, And so he was able to calculate the wind drift by using this circular slide rule. And uh, he could actually calculate what the winds aloft were and, and compensate for that and was be able to go out on an hour-long mission and still be able to come back and find the ship. Because back then we didn't have radio aids to navigation, so it was all dead reckoning. How long have you been gone? How fast have you been going? What's the wind doing? And if you can calculate all those things, you can figure out about where you were and where you are and be able to get back. Well, and now so it was a revolutionary piece of hardware back in the day. And now, you know, obviously it's an flight app. GPS. Exactly. There's an app for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The idea of a whiz wheel for the other application that I illustrated might be handy. Yeah, something to, to stall in a urinal to give us uh, something to aim at. Hey, just be fun, right? As a guy. Right. Uh, maybe ladies like it too. I don't know. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Whoa, kill the motor, dude. Let us see what Squirt does flying solo. Watch me get ready to Watch me get ready to This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so, um, you know, the Chinese uh, put out a big announcement. Well, their new flying drone, I guess their version of an air taxi, uh, made its debut a week or two ago. Where, where was this? Uh, North Carolina? Is that where I saw this happening? Yeah, it was in it was in North Carolina. The company's called Ehang. Um, they've got a sixteen I love rotors. This. <laughs> yeah, so they've got a sixteen bladed two seat helicopter that they're testing, and apparently it's made uh, over a thousand flights uh, across the pond. But now they they're actually demonstrating here in the U.S. for the first time at a test track near Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it looks like a giant. I don't know whether there's six blades on this, like your typical drone. Is it, it looks it, like there's at least six. Well, it's uh, there's two on each of those six arms, so there's actually 12, uh, 12 blades okay. in total on each, uh, in each side. But it just looks so, like a big drone with a pod on the bottom of it, and you put a person in there, and uh, you're good to go. Yep. And, uh, and it, it, it hangs in the air. It's an e-hanger. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and it's supposed to go over about 80 miles an hour. The aircraft itself weighs 600 pounds and carry another five to 600 pounds of passengers. Uh, they didn't get into a whole lot of specifics about the flight times, but um, they're expecting this to be on routes of about 30 minutes. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that they're probably building in at least that much in overhead. But that sounds like a really cool way to get from downtown uh, you know, to the airport to catch your flight instead of uh, dealing with the traffic especially like we had in LA last week. That was ridiculous. Well, true. You you would be willing, you know, to take the uh, risk of flying in a, you know, a human quadcopter type of thing, um, even though it was Chinese based, maybe <laughs> when you look at the traffic, it's like, Hey, you got this to risk your life, or you can take your chances with this Chinese flying machine and take the e-hang. I think more people would probably take the latter. I you know, think you got less at risk. I've saw yeah. you know, the things you see and the way people drive on the California parking lot. I mean, the, the odds one. are with you. <laughs> You're going to yes, survive exactly. the Chinese thing way easier than you would, you know, the 405 in California, no doubt. But uh, but the thing is, you know, they're not alone. Everybody's racing to come up with the first, uh, you know, uh, air taxi device. So whether it's this one or not, but this is the first time they got the permission, I guess, to fly this by the FAA in the United States. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Looks kind of cool. Looks like, you know, it looks much uh, very similar to some of the other designs that we've been covering the last year or two. But this one hangs from below the quadcopter. We've seen some on top. It, it's actually the other way around. This one, the pod actually is sitting on top. Of oh, it the is. This one's on top. Okay. Yeah, and the rotors are below you. So that's the only thing that kind of scares me about this design is that if something were to go, you know, like we talked last week where your door came un, unlatched, uh, whatever's in the cockpit's going to fall into the rotors. And if that happens to be you, that's not going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, slices at Julienne's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right. It, this is a little different in that regard. But, you know, but the if, blades are away from the pod. So it didn't like, true. you know, you'd have to like, uh, it's not it. like you're going to fall through the meat grinder. Exactly. <laughs> or the hamburger doors, they would call it on a DC-3, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you if you came out of the uh, pod the wrong way, maybe, took a big giant stride, you might uh, hit a blade. I don't know. But uh, they're thinking of this stuff, I guess. Uh, but, but, you know, they're not alone. There's a lot of other companies doing this. There's some news that uh, Hyundai and Uber have teamed up for the same type of uh, contraption. Have they released any... Uh, you know, prototypes too, or, or, or are they just talking about, uh, you know, working together? Have you seen that? I one? think it was just a technology uh, demonstration there. Cause I haven't heard much from Hyundai in the uh, pilot pilot list or UAV space at all. Right. But I suppose, you know, you Hyundai can be relied on for a lot of the ba- manufacturing expertise. You know, they, they have that in spades with their cars and some of their electric car technology. So mm-hmm. it is the future. A good partner. That's right. It certainly is. You know, and if they're flying themselves, you know, or uh, some other person is, you know, flying them from, you know, from the surface, from the ground remotely, and you just happen to be the passenger instead of a little camera or whatever, I mean, that that's the part that remains to be seen. That, that's where it's going for sure. I, I re- I've said this before. I think this whole technology with these air taxis and things, it, it's... Uh, it's going to happen, but how it affects like helicopters, I think, is going to be the big question mark. Are you with me on this, or or, or no? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the whole point of these drones is that it's going to be autonomous. You're not going to need that helicopter pilot. So, you know, it's going to be one to two people in a little pod whisking you away to a pre-programmed destination. And as opposed to the flexibility of a helicopter where you've got an actual pilot flying the actual machine and, mm-hmm. you know, giving you that flexibility and having to have the experience. And so it's taking quite a bit of infrastructure to get us ready for all of that because, you're having to deal with uh, the autonomous flight things and all of the airspace that's needed to support that. And this is where the whole remote drone ID thing is coming into play is that we're going to have bodies flying in this airspace very soon. Right. But when these, when these things become self-aware, that's when it all goes to hell. So hello, that, Skynet. That, 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 exactly. It's just uh, right over the edge. You know, we're going to, we're going to see the development of this stuff, but it's, it's well underway. So it'll be interesting for sure. But, you know, it might, it'll start with delivering pizzas. It'll, you know, maybe when you fly in uh, to your next FBO and you want to get your $100 hamburger, maybe you get out of your aircraft and instead of uh, calling Uber, it's like, hey, I need a, I need a pod ride over to the, uh, you know, to the restaurant about a mile away. And then it comes over, picks you up, that kind of thing. And it's going to put helicopters, I don't know, it's going to give uh, helicopters a run for their money, I think. That's going to be the first uh, business side to see where it shakes down, I think. Because it's going to be way, they're going to be way more efficient. But, you know, in the meantime, there will be little baby steps. Kind of like, you know, right now, well, you just got an electric bike for your uh, 201 Mooney, right? Actually, it's a pedal bike. It doesn't even have electric. Oh, I, just I, th- needed, I just wanted a bicycle something to get from the airport to, you know, whether, you know, at Oshkosh, how do you get from the uh, camping tie downs to Camp Scholar or to the show center? You need to be able to bring a bike. Otherwise you're walking around the the showgrounds and that really limits how much you can get done in a day. Well, so, that's true. But, you know, you know, at Air Venture, they have like a, what do they call that leasing program they have? They have kind of like a whole, a uh, whole fence row of bikes at the campers bring every year and then they leave them you know there's that program there right yeah i saw that with uh, i think it's goodwill that actually does that where you can buy the bike and then you can donate it back to goodwill at the end of the week for you know 100 bucks or whatever it is something like that and then some people just leave them and then they round them up and you know rent them out for the next year but it's kind of like on, on the honor system type of deal isn't it a little bit a little bit hmm so, but you decided you needed your own bike to risk that somebody would just take yours? <laughs> well, and it's not just for Oshkosh. I mean, it, it, like when I went down to Tullahoma to the AOPA, you know, they had you parked way off away from the, the, the whole show center. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had a bike, I could have used that to actually ride into town. And right. Instead of having to take a cab. Well, that these bikes. Give me more flexibility. Yeah. And these bikes we're talking about that they lease and stuff there at, uh. Air Venture are just your regular traditional type bike. You bought yeah. a folding bike that actually would fit in your Mooney 201, right? Right. It's uh, an actual mountain bike. So it's got full suspension and, you know, 26 and a half inch or what is it? 27 and a half inch tires. So it's the newer, bigger sized. And, and then it, it folds the, the main spine of it folds in half and you can pop the wheels off of it. So it should be, I'm thinking I should be able to get it into the cargo compartment. I mm. mean, well, I'm surprised you bought one that you have to pedal. I thought you were going the, you know, the lazy route with one well, of those portable uh, electric Looking wheels. at me, one would assume that would be the first choice, but maybe I need a little bit more exercise. Well, it's still not too late to make those uh, New Year's resolutions so that, you know, you can help justify it from that standpoint, I guess. 
it's not a bad idea. But they've made these things so uh, compact, these little uh, folding electric bikes. I mean, it'd be smaller than the one you bought. Yeah. Yeah. You can get them with the little tiny wheels with the electric packs on them. Uh, You've got the segways that don't have the whole armrest where you just, you know, put it between your knees to steer it. uh, Mm -hmm. The hoverboards. There's lots of options out there. Um, My concern, though, was, you know, we saw what happened to that uh, uh, Cirrus jet down at Santa Monica a couple of weeks ago with the uh, the electrical problem. Well, you know, the the hoverboards haven't had a really good reputation. A lot of those there's been videos of those spontaneously starting on fire. I kind of don't want to deal with that in the back of my airplane. So I that was one of the other decisions I made of keeping it mechanical. Mm. And, you know, you might lose a pound or two. Work on that new bike. So you gotta start wait. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Every little bit helps. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer. In the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium. Instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. So, you're going to ride shotgun with me, help me fly? That's the plan. And time flying so high, high off the ground when you're around. This 
is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, law Captain Dennis, running out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right. So, you know, we're um, already halfway through the month, and you've probably made your New Year's resolutions. But if you haven't, it's still not too late. It's never too late. We're going to get into those in just a bit. But maybe it's a time to reflect and give back. And that's what brings us to our next little, um, I don't know, uh, suggestion. From one pilot to another. Is that right, Dennis? Yeah, I think it, it summarizes as paying it forward. And okay. what's the easiest way you can pay it forward to your fellow pilots? File a pilot report. Okay. You remember what pilot reports are, right? You sure. Know, pilots, it's not, not how fresh is the uh, the apple pie at uh, Baker Square, but it's uh, things that are urgent and relevant, you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about bad things. Hey, you got a smooth ride at, you know, 12,000 feet. That might be really nice to know for the next pilot that's coming through that area, especially if they were maybe forecasting that there was going to be light to moderate turbulence. It might Mm -hmm. be nice to know that the ride's smooth or where the cloud tops and bases are because it might help the next guy that's trying to decide what altitude he wants to use to fly at if there's some pilot reports from people that are actually cruising through that area. So pay it forward by by filing a pie rep. It's easy to do. Just tell the, you know, whatever controller you're talking to or call call up a, flight flight watch or whatever available frequency you have for the nearest uh, uh, ATC facility and you can do that. Um, Or even some of the EFBs allow you to file a PIREP um, right within the app. There you go. So you can do that like in uh, ForeFlight? I don't know if ForeFlight's got it yet. I think AeroV has got the ability to file a PIREP within the app. So it's coming. If they don't have it, uh, ForeFlight will probably be incorporating that in the next release. I'm sure. Yeah. But but yeah, it's just uh, it is a way to pay it forward or pay it backward. <laughs> Either way you look to the pilot behind you and it comes in very handy cuz it's first-hand report. It's really none of this like predicting the weather nonsense like you've been there. I flew that. Here's what to expect. So, you uh, know, I think we all believe that if we walk into the weather office there's just going to be a big dartboard there. So, uh-huh. this will help us, you know, sh- uh, shore up that forecast a little bit. Yeah, and hopefully it'll uh I don't know, reconfirm or confirm what what you've been told with all the other data. And that's a little bit extra peace of mind for the pilots flying, you know, a similar flight path behind you. So, yeah, give it back. If you're caught up, you know, it's one of those things where you do, like you're on autopilot, you're kind of bored. Hey, maybe I'll, uh, maybe now's the time to pay it forward a little bit. So I think that's a good tip. I, I think, yeah, I love the way you're thinking here for the new year, Dennis. I, I don't gotta, think got to make some sort of a resolution. Right, right? I, I'm my never going to be, be a better pilot. Caught up, uh, you know, with with my own plane, let alone helping other people out. I think for for some time, but that's just me. Other pilots that are more established, like you, as a CFI and all that kind of thing, uh, I think that's a good suggestion. Now, some of the other resolutions you have made uh, include what for the new year. Well, I, I've resolved to get my instrument instructor. Uh, I, I originally didn't think that I was going to want to do that. And now that I've been flying as an instructor for six months and starting to see what, uh, what I could do, I think having my instrument instructor is the next logical step, especially now that I went through the Avidyne uh, certified training. I think it'll make me a better pilot um, and a better instructor by being able to do both instrument and primary instruction. And I can teach my son as well. So now that he's an instructor, I can actually teach him how to be an instrument instructor. So uh-huh. that's my second resolution this year is well, how to long teach Austin. would that take, though, to become an instrument instructor? Because that's much more involved than uh, just basic CFI, isn't it? 
Actually, it's not much more because all I'm going to be doing is teaching how to fly instrument approaches from the passenger seat. So I've already got how to instruct down how to fly the airplane from the right seat. So just a matter now of adding in the instrument approaches. So probably, um, you know, another five, six hours of, uh, of practice training and some practice approaches. And I should be ready for the check ride in maybe another month or so. About that. Yeah. And you do have to stay one step ahead of your son. Uh, because I gave up a long I'm time. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I think you gave up on it about the time he soloed, but yeah, you know, okay. we won't go there. It's not about me for once. No. no. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So you're going to get your instrument instructor. And then uh, there was some other things you were thinking though uh, as well, right? Well, and the last thing I wanted to be doing this year is get Abby her private pilot. She turned 17 this year. So that's the last barrier for her. So it would be really fun to be able to, you know, fly with my daughter and formally get her soloed and get her her sign off for her private pilot this year as well. So that's, I got a busy dance card for this year. And on top of all of that, I need to put some pressure on Greg. And I've actually assigned you two resolutions this year because I know you didn't pick any out for yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. What were those resolutions again? I know I wrote them down and I committed them to memory, but that was like a day day or two ago. So what are they? Was it a distraction, Greg? (laughs) Squirrel. Maybe. I was playing with uh, my selfie drone. There you go. So I want you to get your medical this Mm -hmm. year. Because yep. that's been something that you keep putting off. And so if we can get your medical and get that special issuance taken care of, that's the last big barrier you have to getting your private. Because then it's just a matter of your second uh, resolution is that you are going to take a ground school and get your FAA written done this year. Agreed. I think those are two valid uh, resolutions that I'm bound to break, as I do every year. But uh, it's good at least to have something out there to aspire to. What you didn't know, Greg, is when, because I need to get Abby trained, Mm -hmm. I'm going to set up an online ground school where you are going to be connected via Skype or or even by our phone studio recording here. One way or another, you're going to be going through the ground school at the same time Abby is. Okay, but wait a minute. How are we supposed to do that if she's uh, remotely set up at some other location? I, I will not be able to look over her shoulder and cheat if I need to. Exactly. Oh, this is going to be tougher than I thought. But learning will occur. So says you. And we'll have to leave it at that. A disturbing note for this week. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. Hi, some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 